Good morning. You ever have one of those dreams um, where you wake up in the middle of the night and your heart's pounding and you're, you're, you're panicked and you're sweating because something that you were worried about in your dream was coming true? You ever have one of those dreams? Pastors have those dreams. I bet you know what the, the, the theme of those kind of nightmares are. It's Sunday morning and you, you think for some reason you show up at church and you think maybe West or somebody else is preaching and it's your turn. And you begin to panic. You don't know what you're going to say. What are you going to do? And, and in your dream, your, your blood pressure is rising. You're beginning to panic. You're, you're beginning to freak out. And you wake up and you realize it's Friday morning, not Sunday morning. I didn't have that dream this week. I, I did prepare for the message. But I was reminded of that sort of dream when I was looking at this parable. Because in the parable that we're looking at today, the, the parable of the ten versions that Jesus taught, he describes a scenario that sometimes creates that sort of anxiety in the people who call him Lord. Let's take a look. Verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Now, the word foolish here in verse 2 is moros, from which we get the word moron. Okay, so these five foolish versions here, they're not only uh, maybe unprepared, but apparently they're they're not very smart. They're not very bright in in preparing. And this parable that Jesus teaches comes from something called the Olivet Discourse. That's a fancy way for saying it's a sermon that he gave on a place called the Mount of Olives. And in the theme of this sermon is his return someday, about the end of days. And in chapter 24, he delves into all sorts of predictions, straightforward predictions about what's going to happen before he comes back and when he comes back. And then verse, and then chapter 25, he gets into um, three parables that teach what it means to be prepared for his second coming. In the context of the first parable that we find here at the beginning of chapter 25 is that of a wedding. Now, that seems kind of odd. You know, a, 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 a parable about Christ coming again and he uses the context of a wedding. Why would he choose a, a wedding? Well, scripturally, as you look at scripture, there's a theme that goes through scripture uh, about the wedding feast in heaven. And, and Christ is, is seen as the, the bridegroom and, and the church and his people are, are, are the bride. And Jesus spoke of himself in this way. In, in Matthew 9, he speaks of himself as the bridegroom. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, speaks of Jesus as the bridegroom in John 3. And Paul uses the same imagery in 2 Corinthians 11 and Ephesians 5. And then finally we see it most powerfully, most explicitly, in the book of Revelation, which of course is about uh, the end of time and, and the end of the world and Christ coming and all those sorts of things, where we see this idea of this great wedding feast with Christ as the bridegroom. As Christians... Apparently, we are meant to have the same sort of anticipation and excitement uh, that for Jesus coming back as a bride feels for her wedding. Think about your wedding day. If you're married or have been married, um, think about how excited you were. As you announced it to people, you made the preparations, uh, as you went through your engagement, think how excited you were to have that wedding day, to be celebrated with your friends and family, your, and, and to really be able to move forward as, as husband and wife. Think about how exciting that was. Well, that's the wedding imagery we find in this parable. And we, we don't know exactly what's going on in the parable as far as the imagery because we don't know a lot about first century Palestinian wedding customs. 
Um, we're not told why these ten virgins are waiting for the groom. We are not told where they're waiting. Um, we're not told why the groom was wait, late. And we don't know where they're going when he gets there. We only know this, that they are to go out to meet him. And when they do, they're supposed to have their lamps ready. We do know a few things beyond that as well. We know that it's customary in that day for the groom to go on the wedding day. He would go to the, the bride's house with a group of friends and have a party. And then he would go back to his house where they're going to live as husband and wife. And the best we can figure is these, these, these ten virgins are somehow connected to the wedding party. And they're, they're supposed to wait and go out and meet him as he brings back his bride. Now, our weddings, of course, are a lot more scheduled. You get in a lot of trouble if you just kind of said, just show up and we'll throw things together and we'll get married. Um, you know, I've done a lot of weddings and most weddings are pretty well planned. They send out the invitation November 24th, 2018 at five o'clock at First Covenant Church, whatever, and reception here. So people know where and when to show up. And a lot of weddings nowadays will have a wedding coordinator uh, who kind of keep everything online. It makes my job a lot easier. Uh, they tell the when to put on the tuxes, when to do photos, when to put on the, the, the bridesmaids have to be ready. They tell the florist when to bring the flowers, the caterer when to bring the food. Um, we know when the bride's supposed to walk in. It's all detailed down to the minutes. But in Jesus' story, the time is unclear. They, they have to be ready at a moment's notice, kind of on, have to be on red alert. And they know, don't know how long they're going to have to be that way. Which really, if you think about it, is that's the experience of us, isn't it, as Christians? We are to be constantly ready, waiting for Christ's return. We, we know in the end of Matthew, he ascends to heaven and says, I'll be back. We see prophecies in Scripture of his coming back. Other teachings in the Scriptures. We know we've got to be ready, but we don't know when he's going to return. We just know that today is sooner than it was, is closer today than it was yesterday. That's about all we can say. And, and Jesus told this parable um, for the people of his day, but also for us today. And there, there's some differences because today you don't have to be that planned to pull off something at the last minute because of all the conveniences we have. Like if somebody came up to us after church and said, we want to come to your house for dinner. My wife would say, well, you know, and, but we, we, we would get some food. We order some pizza. We get, you know, something from Martinelli's or whatever. And we could be ready and, you know, 30, it wouldn't be perfect, but we could be ready to host somebody um, in a short time. But in Jesus' day, you couldn't pull things off that quickly or that easily. And, and when you're expecting somebody and they don't show up and they don't show up and they don't show up, well, it's tempting to to begin to wonder if they're going to show up, lose your focus, and not be ready when they do. Let's take a look now at verse 5. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So it's not just the five foolish virgins who fall asleep, it's also the five wise ones. Jesus said this about his coming in chapter 24. No one knows the hour or the day. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 5. You know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. It'll happen when we least expect it. There's no way to anticipate, no way to make last-minute preparations, to scramble around, scramble around and make things work. No time to run to Lowe's or Orsland's or, 
or Menards for some lamp oil. We have to be prepared beforehand. Many of you know that um, I like to go backpacking. And when you go backpacking in the mountains in Colorado for several days, you have to be prepared. You get this list and you pull out the things you need and you double check and bring extra of the most important things. So, for instance, you bring a little extra water. Make sure you have your filter. You bring some extra food. You bring an extra change of dry clothing. And you make sure you have some sort of light source because you don't want to get stuck in the mountains wet with no change of clothes, with no water, no food, with no light in the dark. You have to be prepared in advance. What does it mean spiritually to be prepared in advance? The five wise virgins, virgins, they have little jars of extra oil. They have some extra oil just in case the bridegroom takes longer than they think. So what are some, some possible ideas of what this oil symbolizes? Well, in the Bible, oil is often associated with the Holy Spirit. So some commentators say we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a good thing, right? But the lack of oil keeps the five foolish virgins locked out. So others say it's faith. It's a lack of faith. That's the key to getting into the kingdom of heaven is is having faith. That's true. So others argue that the oil produces lights, that, that we are to be shining bright for Jesus. We are to be shining and witnessing to his love and goodness in the world. That is true also. But which is it? Jesus doesn't explain what exactly the oil is, what it means, because he wants us to be prepared in, in a bigger way. We're not prepared just because at some moment in the past we prayed a prayer or got baptized or whatever. We are to be prepared by practicing our faith consistently, faithfully each and every day. I used to carry a card around in my wallet, a CPR uh, certification card. You know, you have to go through the course, watch the video, uh, practice your compressions and the breathing and all that until you get it right. Then they give you the card. And then you have to go back annually or so every so, so often to do a refresher course. Um, I've, I've kind of let it lapse. I, I haven't practiced and, and I would not be confident um, if I was called upon to do that. I need to rectify that. But I've gotten out of practice. I haven't practiced it consistently. I'm not ready. Spiritually, how are we to be ready? Well, it includes prayer. It includes worship. It includes service. It includes generosity, kindness, compassion, forgiveness, uh, practicing daily our faith uh, with Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at verse 1. The kingdom of heaven will be like this parable. Jesus says, um, a story of being ready to go out and meet the one who is coming. And he says it takes practice. Now, Harry Houdini uh, was probably the most influential magician who's ever lived. And he was very good at what he did. And at one point, he explained his magic. He said, I used to practice cards and table magic for eight hours a day. I studied locks and handcuffs for five years solid. I used to run 10 miles a day and lift weights for two hours. He practiced. He was ready for all sorts of magic tricks. But if you know anything about Houdini, he was also a man who was obsessed by death, by his own death, wondering how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. He was constantly obsessed with his, with, and unready for his own death and his life in the next world. Jesus wants it to be the opposite for us. Not obsessed about our death, but be focused on preparing for the next world, the next life to come. 
Bobby Knight, the basketball coach, said, everyone wants to be on a winning team, but no one come, wants to come to practice. Jesus is showing how true that is of the kingdom. We all want in, just like those girls pounding on the door who weren't prepared. We have to be ready. Now, if somebody, if you, they asked you and you said, well, you know, I'm getting married, but I'm not going to plan anything. Or I know I'm going to retire someday, but I'm not going to save for that. It's just all going to work itself out. They would think you're pretty foolish. How much more foolish are we if we do not prepare for something that's going to last forever, for something that is eternal? Back to Houdini's life again. You probably know that he had a standing challenge. Um, he would do a show and then he would say, anybody can hit me in the stomach as hard as they can. They would use sledgehammers or boards or fists. And he would, could withstand any punch. He would tense up. He'd take a couple deep breaths and he would be ready. But the punch that he wasn't ready for, that was the one that killed him. There was a young student in Montreal who caught him off guard and punched him with a hard right and it burst his appendix and he died in the hospital. The man who escaped everything else in life could not escape death. If the Lord waits much longer, neither will we. We have to be ready. Verses 8 and 9 are troubling to me. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. That seems a little unchristian. They're out of oil. The bridegroom has showed up. And they ask the wise ones for oil. And they refuse. But apparently there wasn't enough oil to be shared. And if oil is in our lamp is about spiritual preparation for God's kingdom, then there's no way somebody else can do that for you, is there? When Jesus returns, we have either lived our life for Christ consistently and faithfully, or we have not. No one else can practice and do that for us. Verse 12. But Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Now, Jesus does not want the story to end like this. With people locked out. That's not what he wants. That's why he tells us the story. It's, it's a warning. We need to pay attention and be ready. I mean, there's a time when the opportunity for practicing our faith will be all over. All the praying and reading and serving and giving and worshiping will be done forever on this earth. And we'll be left with whatever we have done in this lifetime. And what we do now needs to connect with where we want to be for eternity. John Wesley was asked once what he would do if he knew his Lord would return the next day. And he said, I would go to bed and I would go to sleep and I would wake up in the morning and I would go do my work for I would want him to find me doing what he's appointed me to do. That's the way we're supposed to live, isn't it? There's a balance in the Christian life between knowing that he will return tomorrow maybe or at the same time knowing he may not return until after our death. And if we go off on one extreme or the other and there's 
We see examples of that in the church over and over over the centuries. We end up with problems. It's nothing new. For example, in Ephesians 4, or excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul writes that the Lord's return was near. And so the Christians in Thessalonica should live with that in mind. But apparently some of them thought that since the Lord's coming was near, they should quit their jobs. They should take it easy. And they should just watch the sky. And Paul hears about that and he writes them a second letter and tells them that although the Lord's return was near and they needed to live in light of that, they must also live as if his coming was far off. We are to live as if Christ will come back tomorrow, but we are to prepare as if he will not come back in our lifetime. So Jesus asks us through this parable, are you ready? Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your love for us and your word. We thank you for um, the fact that Jesus will return someday. We do not know when. We wish it was soon because there's so much pain and suffering in this world. But Lord, we, we do know that you'll return. Father, help us to live as if you, as Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but to prepare and live as if he won't for many, many years. Lord, help us to be ready and to point others to you so that they too are ready. Through Jesus' name, amen.